were made to be courageous. We were made to lead the way. We could be the generation that finally breaks the chains. We were made to be courageous. We were made to be courageous. We were warriors on the front lines, standing unafraid. But now we're watchers on the sidelines while our families slip away.
been standing since the day that Adam fell. Sin is where it started. Sin is why it hell. Speaking as a prisoner who was there and lived to tell. I remember how it fell. I can hear the sound of freedom like a distant voice of call.
everyone. We got lots of people coming in the doors. We're going to give you a minute to sit down. We've got some great announcements this morning. It's an exciting morning and we're glad you're all here. Everybody sleep good? Oh wow, I did not expect that answer. (laughs) I thoroughly thought you guys were gonna be like, I'm tired, Lori. It's only nine o'clock. So I, I, we felt that way when we got here this morning. We all felt like it's only 6.30. <laughs> so, well, welcome. We're glad you're here. If everybody wants to come in and sit down, we're going to go over a couple things and get our morning worship started. So, let's see here. So, first of all, we want to make sure you guys are aware of a couple different things. Are you with me? Yay. Okay, good. So, prayer night is Wednesday at 6.30. How many are coming? Yay! (laughs) We want to be there. We have been praying and praying and praying, and we are seeing God move, and it's exciting, and um, we are seeing him answer prayer, and that is really exciting. When we get to see our Father after all these months of praying, and he's answering, it gets really exciting. So um, we are watching him do that, and we want you to be part of that. So please know you are welcome. Even if you come once a month, we want to see you there. And it is just awesome to see our church praying together. Um, after all these months, it is really becoming a big change, and we have seen God moving in big ways. So be there or be square, right? Okay, the next thing we want to make sure you guys know, March 25th, it's a Friday, mark your calendars, we have movie night, there will be a dinner that night, so you guys can come for a donation, and we're going to watch The Secrets of Jonathan Sperry. Does everybody remember The Love Boat? Do you guys remember that show? Do you remember Captain Steubing? He stars in it, and he's so good, so you'll really love it, so Mark that on your calendars, March 25th, okay? And then the last thing that I want to make sure, now I need to make sure everybody's here and listening to this one. So I need everybody's attention because this is super important. So 
next weekend, the 19th, is the weekend that we're going to have our assessment for our church. And we have a bunch of forms sitting back on this table that Jane King will explain to you and she'll give you information. But you want to take those forms and fill them out because this is how God's going to move. He's, there's a lot of questions in there you can answer. This is a great time for us to, to come together and really seek Jesus out, seek his will out for our church. And those... Um, those questionnaires are really important. So we want you to take those and then we want you to bring them back this week or next by Saturday is the latest, right, Jane? Is it next week? Okay. So yeah. Or, or is it Sunday? It's Saturday. Okay. So make sure you fill those out and bring those back. And then you can also sign up for interviews with this company. Jane will explain it to you who they are. And um, those are going to take place next Saturday as well. So we wanted to make sure everybody's aware of that. And where are the forms? They're back in the back. (laughs) There you go. You got it. All right. Well, we are excited this morning. Um, I'm going to have the board and the staff come up here now. And um, we are really excited because Pastor Ben and Pastor Kelly Spittler have arrived Yay! We're so glad they're here. And they're going to come up, and we're going to welcome them, and we're going to pray over them and introduce them to you guys. And then after service, we're going to have chili for everybody. Everybody's got chili, so come on up. We're excited that you guys are here. Yay! We'll have you guys stand right up here. There we go. So this is the board and the staff. So this is Pastor Ben and Pastor Kelly. I think Pastor Kelly wants to say something this morning. So I'm going to hand this over to you, and then we're going to pray over you guys. Well, good morning. We are so excited to be here. And I have enjoyed meeting so many of you out there in the foyer. You've just welcomed us in such a beautiful way. And we just thank you for inviting us to be a part of your story for a while. And you just have a beautiful church, a beautiful building, beautiful people, and incredible ministries. And we are just so excited and so looking forward to plugging into those ministries and being apart for a while. And we just want to say thank you. Um, The Parsonage, what a beautiful place to move into on Friday afternoon. It was so clean, and I know so many of you worked so hard uh, to get that ready for us. And we just want to say thank you and look so forward to meeting each and every one of you. We're excited, too. We really are. And we have a couple little things for you. So this is to brighten up your day. (laughs) And then we have this bag, and this has water bottles. Are water bottles important? Yes. So anytime you see them, you say, have you drank your water today? It's important. So, And that's from one of our local places here. And (laughs) Cliff, you guys know what this is? Oxygen. You'll need that. (laughs) Just keep that in your pocket. You you might need it during the sermon. (laughs) That's awesome. So let's, um, I tell you what, let's pray over them. And we are excited about this. So let's pray over these guys. So Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the Spittlers. Thank you for what you're going to do through them, Lord. Thank you for moving in this church that belongs to you, Lord. And I just pray, Father, that you will lay your hands on them, that you will anoint them. Father, that you will unify the board, the staff, the Spittlers, and our congregation. Just bring us all together to do your work. Lord, this is 
your place. And we thank you for being here. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. And I just pray that you will take over. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Yay. (laughs) We're excited. All right. Well, I tell you what, let's start together with worship. If you guys would stand with me, let's welcome the Holy Spirit here today. I'm excited. We might need to get some more chairs in here. I'm thinking we might need to pull some chairs out. So let's pray and then we'll get going on that. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for being here this morning. Father, I just thank you for your Holy Spirit that he was waiting and unlocked the doors for us when we walked in today. I thank you for the fact that you love to hear your kids lift up your name. So Lord, we're going to do that. And I just pray, Father, that you will just continue to come in, that you feel welcome in this place. And Lord, I just pray that you will protect it and surround it right now, that this is just a time with us and with you, that we can commune with you, that we can learn about you, and Lord Jesus, that we can give back to you. So we love you, and we thank you for everything you're going to do today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship. I can't count the times I've called your name some broken nights And you showed up and patched me up like you do every time I get amnesia I forget that you keep coming around There ain't no way you'll ever let me down Good God Almighty I hope you'll find me Cause I know where I'd be without your mercy So I keep praising your name at the top of my lungs Tell me is he good, he's good Tell me is he God, he's God He is good God Almighty You say your love goes on forever, your mercy never stops so why would I assume you'd be somebody that you're not? Like the sun in the morning, I know you'll be there every day. So what on earth could make me be afraid? Good God Almighty, I hope you'll find me. Praising your name no matter what comes. Cause I know where I'd be without your mercy So I keep praising your name at the top of my lungs Tell me is he good, he's good Tell me is he God, he's God He is good God Almighty Praise him in the morning, praise him in the noontime Praise him when the sun goes down Love him in the morning, love him in the noontime Love him when the sun goes down Good God Almighty, I hope you'll find me Praising your name no matter what comes Cause I know where I'd be 
Welcome to you online family. We miss you being here, but we want you to know we know you're here. Let me return to you again 
Hey, real quick, this is a great reminder. I was looking in my Bible this morning, just spending some time with Jesus, and I just wanted to read this to you because I think it's just a short verse. It says, I could have no greater joy than to hear that my children are following the truth. Amen? That is such truth. And that's how I feel about my kids. Anybody else feel that way about your kids? Man, grandkids, you name it. But that's how God feels about us, and it's awesome. He is so excited when he sees his kids chasing him because he's all that matters, right? He is in charge of it all. That's awesome. Dan's back there playing two instruments. I have to make sure he's got them both around his neck. So <laughs> I had to turn around, so he's, <laughs> he's got them going on. All right, we'll continue to worship. Bye. 
to come down right now, and we're going to receive the offering. You guys are harder to keep up with than when my kids were little. <laughs> Here they come. Thank you, guys. Let's pray over that. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Thanks for being here this morning. We feel your presence, and I'm so excited. It's wonderful to sit in the middle of your presence, Lord. And Lord, I just pray now as we receive the offering that it'll go to work for you. You do with it what you see fit, Lord, and I ask you to bless it. And thank you so much for the way that you love us and the way that you always provide for us. In Jesus' name, amen. For all that you've done, we will pour 
truly love you. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you, Lord, for hope. Thank you that you always have a path for us that has hope at the end of it. There is never a time we will reach a dead end with you. Lord, I'm grateful for what you're doing here. Thank you for Pastor Ben and Pastor Kelly. And Lord, as, as he's getting ready to bring us the word, I pray that you'll open our hearts up and our minds up to receive it and hear it and then to apply it. Jesus, don't let us leave here without applying it and through our week. You are a good, good father. And you take care of us in every way. So help us to chase you. Help us to keep our eyes on you and not on anything around us. And Lord, protect us from being deceived. I pray that you will protect us from being deceived. That you will reveal the enemy at every corner that he may try to turn in this church. He can't touch it because it belongs to you, but we need to be on guard because we are your warriors. So, Lord, I ask you to help us to see when it's not truth and then to replace it with your truth, Jesus, so we see that. We love you, Lord. I ask you to just come down over Pastor Ben now and anoint him, protect him, Lord, as he gives us your word. And we love you. And all God's people said... Amen. You may be seated. And he loves us. I was 10 years old in the Royce Ford Church of the Nazarene on the Philly district, way back east. When a plump little old lady in kids' church gave the invitation to anyone that wanted to invite Jesus into their heart to do that, and it was a sense at the age of 10 that Jesus loved me that opened my heart to him. Grateful for his love. I, one of my prayers is that we all experience that love, feel that love. I pray this morning that he pours out that love into our hearts by his Holy Spirit that lives within us. Amen. It is really good to be with the church. I've stalked you guys online a little bit. I've watched a couple of services, and there's nothing like being here. Nothing like being here. And I'll have to confess that all of a sudden I'm a bit weepy. It's just good to be back with the church family. Uh, we had a church family for 35 and a half years. I had board members that I had dedicated as babies. We went through 9-11 and the recession of 2008 and these last two years of pandemic together, and uh, it's been a challenging transition for us. We did not have to leave, but believe God was leading us on to the next chapter. Our last service was a beautiful Christmas Eve service, our favorite service of the year, and it couldn't have ended on a more beautiful note, but I have to say, yesterday I was really homesick, but this has helped today. Uh, would you be our church family for the next nine months? We, uh, we look forward to getting to know you 
walking with you for a season, working together, and um, being whatever help or encouragement we can be to you as you discern God's direction and desires for you as a church. And you better believe he has those for you. We are his church. Think of it. Children of the King. Loved by God. I tell you, that's just overwhelming to me. Um, and I'm grateful. Grateful for all that. Good to be here. I'd add my thanks uh, to the ladies that got the parsonage together. What a beautiful place that is. We will commit today to taking good care of that parsonage so that it's in good shape for your new pastor. We lived in a parsonage across the parking lot from our church building for 14 of our 35 and a half years there in Gaithersburg, and um, we're grateful that you provide such a beautiful home uh, for your pastors. Uh, We appreciated the church, those in it, that allowed that to be a haven for us when we lived across the parking lot in Gaithersburg, and we trust you will do that for your pastors in the days ahead. If your new pastor is anything like us, we want to get to know you, we want to spend time with you, we want to invite you in, but all of us need a home where it's just a haven, and uh, I know that you'll provide that for the pastor that will be coming soon uh, across the parking lot. But thanks for everything. Um, It's just been uh, sweet all you've done for us already, and we really do look forward to sharing the journey. Um, I'm an Eastern guy. Kelly actually uh, spent a few years uh, early on in her life in Loveland, Colorado, and her parents are from Idaho. Her sister still lives in Victor, Idaho through the pass uh, from Jackson Hole, Wyoming. So after I got connected with Kelly 36 years ago or so, Uh, I've experienced the West. Last time I was in Colorado was 1978, and that was at what is now NYC World Youth Conference. I think they called it back in the day, Estes Park, and that was awesome. I was a teen Bible quizzer, and I had a girlfriend, so I don't know that I saw the mountains much, but it's a beautiful, you, you all have a beautiful place. We were just, we hit Colorado Springs, we came across... 94, uh, we lost a signal, and so we had no GPS, so we got out the old road mapless, road mapless, road atlas, if you're over 50 or so, you know what that is, and it looked like we should turn on 94, that was some road, that was 91 miles, I think we counted nine vehicles and one house in 91 miles, anyway, it was awesome, really good to be here, okay. Enough of all that. Let me, uh, let me preach. In thinking and praying and planning for this first Sunday, I decided on this preaching theme, hope. That uh, is a picture of snowdrops. Got to get this right or my daughter who may be watching from Columbus, Ohio right now will jump my case. She's probably texting me right now. Snowdrops. And they bloom in the waning days of winter. They're a sign of spring. Our oldest daughter, Rebecca, lives in the Columbus area in a beautiful town called Westerville. And she's got a beautiful metro park near her, Inniswood Park. Acres and acres and acres of beautiful flowers. 
And a couple of weeks ago, she was texting us pictures of the snowdrops that were coming up in Inniswood Park. When I showed her this image and had her guess what my preaching theme was going to be, with that as a background, she nailed it, hope. I'll preach this morning from Romans chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles or want to open up your apps, Romans chapter 4. As you turn there, here's a brief summary of the Apostle Paul's Roman letter up to this fourth chapter. Romans 1, 16 to 17 is the foundational truth that Paul builds on in this letter. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. At Romans 1, 18, Paul essentially begins an 11-chapter commentary on that great gospel truth. He begins by talking about the nature of sin, then the role of the law. At Romans 3.21, Paul repeats that foundational truth and writes, A righteousness apart from the law has been made known. And he unpacks just what that means. It's a righteousness that we can experience by grace through faith. And then in chapter 4, the apostle holds Abraham up as an example of faith making a specific case for the fact that Abraham was proclaimed righteous by God because of his faith and not because of the law, having trusted God long before the law of Moses even existed. Of course, Abraham obeyed God, but it was his faith that made him righteous in the sight of a gracious God. There's a lot of good preaching material Uh, in there, but I want to slip down to the 18th verse of Romans chapter 4 and take up this matter of hope. We'll read through the end of the chapter. Romans chapter 4 at verse 18. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. And so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness, for us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. That is the word of the Lord. Against all hope, Abraham in hope, believed. As best I can remember, I have only felt genuinely hopeless once in my life. It was more than 20 years ago. We were still living in the parsonage across that parking lot in Gaithersburg, 
Maryland. I lay there in the middle of the night, uh, not able to sleep. We were in the midst of some difficulties in our lives, and perhaps for the first time, I can distinctly remember wondering if I was going to make it, whatever that meant. As often happens, things look better in the morning, and I had never felt that and haven't felt that since. It was a bad feeling. Friends, as believers, we always have hope. Amen? I'm hopeful today. You're probably glad of that. (laughs) But I'll confess that the years, and especially these last several years, have challenged that hopefulness at times. And I could give examples of the challenges until the cows came home, as they say, at least where I come from. Quick time out. Having said that, there's lots of good in the world. Amen? Oh, my goodness. Every day I see it. But it can be hard sometimes to feel hopeful. To remain hopeful with all that's going on in our world, our country, in our lives. To believe that things can get better, that I can get better, that people can change. No doubt sometimes we say along with the psalmist, how long, O Lord? Back in the Washington area, come August or so, hopes are always high for our Washington football team, formerly the Redskins, now the, anybody know? The Commanders. Nobody in Washington likes that name, I can tell you that right now. We get our hopes up because we've got a new QB or we've got a new coach or we've got a new strategy. This is going to be the year. And every year since we've lived there. No, that's not true. We had Joe Gibbs in the early years, first few years of the 80s or whatever. But every year since then, our hopes are dashed three or four weeks into the season. It's a vicious cycle. Sometimes life can be that way. Abraham should encourage us. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. That verse and the verses that follow describe a 25-year journey for Abraham. Here's a quick review of that story. Genesis chapter 12, God calls Abram to leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. With that command came a promise. I will make you into a great nation. Like from you will come thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. And I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So from Abram and his wife Sarai, their original names, a country with borders and a capital city and a population would make his blessed self known to the whole world. That's a wow Yet 25 years later, 
Mr. and Mrs. Abram had nary a child, not one baby, let alone thousands or tens of thousands of Abramites, 25 years and nothing, nada for my bilingual friend that I met in the coffee shop before service. Think about that. Think about where you were 25 years ago and what you were doing and all that's happened in the 9,000 plus days since. 9,000 sunrises and sunsets and all the coming and going and the ins and outs and the ups and downs of 25 years of life. Think about Abram and all the opportunities he had over those 25 years to feel hopeless, to give up, to wonder if he had heard God correctly. Think about all the prayers offered, the pleas, the nights Sarai would have gone to bed feeling the shame of her barrenness, wondering what she had done or not done. Think about the conversation she and Abram may have had. Abram's attempts to console her. Finally, Sarai's desperate offer of her maidservant, Hagar. 25 years. Suppose God had made a promise to this church back in 1997. And here in 2022, you hadn't seen the first bit of progress towards seeing that promise fulfilled. You might begin to wonder. You might begin to feel a little abandoned. Yet, Abram did not weaken. Abram did not waver. 24 years in, God gave Abram the name Abraham, father of many, to reassure him of his promise and plans. And sure enough, the following year, Sarah had a baby named Isaac. Oh, he's gone. Quite a story. We certainly won't exhaust the subject of hope today, but a few thoughts about Christian hope. First, it's the only hope there is. I thought uh, Tim's message last Sunday was outstanding. The story of the prodigal son. He rightly uh, noted that it's as much or more about the elder son given the audience that Jesus had that day than the prodigal. The prodigal in that story, Tim said, represents those who are uh, taking the self-discovery route in life. I'm going to find my own way, do my own thing. That's what got us in this mess in the beginning of time, right? We cannot save ourselves. There's plenty we can accomplish on our own. And in the context of Christian faith, we have a part to play in God's work. Amen? But we cannot restore the life we lost at the beginning of time. That hope is found only in Christ. I'll tell you what, these past few years have been a reminder to me of just how much I need God. I can drift towards self-sufficiency pretty easily. I said a few times along the way in the last couple of years, it's easy to say you trust God until you have to. 
Christian hope is the only hope there is. Christian hope is often something we have, something we hold to, despite our circumstances or our feelings, despite the forecast or the outlook. Could we say that Christian hope is a choice? I think we could. Abraham faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. There are days when I think I'm getting there. (laughs) And that Sarah was well past the age when she could have a child. Two years ago, perhaps today, if not this Sunday, the next, uh, we locked down in Gaithersburg, Maryland. And I found myself in an empty sanctuary staring at an iPhone on a tripod trying to preach. I'll never forget that feeling. Quiet as a tomb in that sanctuary. I remember thinking on the front end of that pandemic, this is it. Our finances are going to tank. <laughs> Everybody's going to drift. It was a little bit of that drift. We're still dealing with that back home, I think. Maybe you too. Finances didn't drift, actually. I think you've had the same experience here from what I see. Thanks be to God. And there were some challenges, and we didn't meet in person for a few months, and all the rest, but you know what? We didn't just shut down. Church didn't stop. In fact, the last two years have opened up doors of opportunity for our church back home to serve in the community, to partner with public schools and other county agencies. There's been a lot of good that's come out of that. That's the kind of hope that we have. Despite the circumstances, despite what we think might happen, God is always working for good. Christian hope is for this life. It's a hope for the life to come, the place prepared for us, heaven. Love singing. I'll fly away this morning. Looking forward to that day. The more I go along, the more I look forward to it. We ought to think about that day uh, more than we do. Begin with the end in mind. Let it fall back on this life because hope is for this life. Christian hope is for today. It's for what we're up against. It's hope for change, hope for a better tomorrow, hope for a better me. I pulled a a Max Lucado book off the shelf here recently, Unshakable Hope. Wrote that a few years ago. In a chapter titled, Stamped with God's God's Image, uh, Lucado writes this, The New Testament describes a progressive work of God to shape us into His image. As we fellowship with God, read His Word, obey His commands, and seek to understand and reflect His character, something wonderful emerges. Or better stated, someone wonderful emerges. God comes out of us. We say things God would say. We do things God would do. We forgive. We share. We love. It is as if God is scrubbing the smudge off an old coin. In time, an image begins to appear. We have that hope. Christian hope is more than wishful thinking. Saying something like, oh, I hope she wins, and honestly not thinking she will, (laughs) 
You've probably heard hope used in pretty desperate ways as we wring our hands. Oh, I hope. Christian hope is more than that. There's a certainty in Christian hope. Why? Because our hope is not in our circumstances. It's not dependent on how we feel. It's not in ourselves. Our hope is grounded in the promises of God. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed what God had said to him. Leave your country. I will bless you. I will make from you a great nation. Abraham did not waver regarding the promises of God, our text says. Truth is, things may not turn out as well as we had hoped, or at least the way we thought they might turn out in any given situation. There is this matter of human freedom. God has given us that. And I'll have to say it's right in that department that is uh, often the greatest challenge to our feeling hopeful. People and situations are coming to my mind right now, and maybe they are for you as well. But when God makes a promise, you can stand on it. And if a situation doesn't turn out well, you can stand on the promise that Paul gives us from God four chapters later in this very letter that he is causing all things to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And that's just one of many. Max Lucado in this same book tells of the student of Scripture that spent a year and a half tallying all the promises of God that he's made to humanity in the Scriptures. He came up with 7,471. Lucado describes God's promises, and I thought of you all as I read this description, as pine trees in the rocky mountains of Scripture. Abundant, unbending, and perennial. Our hope is grounded in the timeless truth of God, preserved in these scriptures and flushed out in the living word, our Lord Jesus. It's grounded in the relationship we can have with God, grounded in our faith in God. And here's, here's where we get to the heart of it, the reason we have hope, the source of our hope. Hope is the fruit of faith. I don't know about you, but I find that challenging. Hope is the fruit of faith. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. Abraham didn't weaken in his faith. He did not not waver through unbelief, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. If we lack hope, perhaps we need to pray for a stronger faith. Hebrews 11, now faith is confidence in what we hope for 
and assurance about what we do not see, this is what the ancients were commended for. The ancients like Abraham, from whom a great nation did indeed come, likely numbering more than three million when Moses led them out of Egypt. Most importantly, God had blessed all the nations of the earth through that great nation and the Savior who came from it. Thanks be to God. Back to these last few years, they've been a challenge to my hopefulness. They have been. Maybe for years too, I don't know. And, more importantly, they've been refining to my faith. I've been a follower of Jesus since I was 10, though I'm still a piece of work. And if you want to know about that, talk to Kelly after the service. I've walked in uninterrupted fellowship with God since that day I gave my heart to Jesus. But I found myself in these last two years uh, challenged. Do I believe what I say I believe? Do I trust God? Do I believe His promises? You'll be happy to know the answer has been yes, but it's been a refining time. If you're here today feeling hopeless or hurt or lost or frustrated or discouraged or angry, if you find yourself growing cynical, Skeptical, pessimistic, withdrawing, ready to just circle the wagons and hold on till Jesus comes. And it's okay to feel those things. Let's determine today to be like Abraham. Let's remember who we are. Followers of the one whom God raised from the dead. Friends, we know the beginning of the story and how it's all going to end. And we know that God is with us. And if God is with us, who can be against us? Later in this Roman letter, Paul writes that everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement that they bring, we might have hope. Let's believe God's promises. Let's believe His Word. Let's heed His commands. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Let's open the Scriptures. Let's pray. Let's worship. Let's love. Love always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres. Let's live in the hope born of faith with the optimism and the perseverance that has always characterized genuine Christian faith. I'm preaching to myself a little bit up here. That's why I'm getting louder. I need to hear this. Let's bring our personal situations that are difficult to him in faith and hope. Let's look at ourselves 
with faith and hope. Let's bring the church to him. This church, our church back home, the church in this country these days. Let's bring our church to him in faith and hope. Let's regard his church hopefully. Amen? William Gurnall was a 17th century Anglican clergyman. In his three-volume work, The Christian in Complete Armor, a Essentially, a three-volume commentary on Ephesians 6, 10 to 18, the armor of God passage. He writes uh, this. What does it matter though the church be like Jonah in the whale's belly, swallowed up out of view by the fury of men? Do you not remember that the whale had no power to digest the prophet? Do not be too... Quick to bury the church before she is dead. Be patient while Christ tries his skill before you give it over. By your prayers, bring Christ to its grave to speak a resurrection word. Indeed, we dishonor the word of God if when the church's power is at its lowest ebb, we do not take the single bond of his promise as a guarantee of his deliverance. The great British missionary Hudson Taylor said, there are three stages to every great work of God. First, it is impossible. Then it is difficult. Then it is done. Hope. The snowdrops are blooming in Inniswood. Spring is coming. God is Already working. I can tell that. Do you not see it? Hope. Hope. The fruit of faith. Who wants a stronger faith today? I do. Who wants a more certain hope? I do. In these tumultuous times, who wants to be able to look around and be hopeful. I do. Let's ask God for that these days. An assignment this week. Maybe today. Pick a promise or two or three. There's 7,400 and some of them there. And claim it. Maybe you've been plugging away and you're just wore out. Claim the promise in Galatians 6.10. Don't be weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. Maybe you're looking at an impossible situation and you don't see the good coming out of it. Maybe Romans 8.28 is yours. Maybe you've got some big decisions to make. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust on the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge Him. He will direct your path. Maybe you're facing some unknowns. Joshua 1.9. Bex, if you're watching this service, I dedicate this one to you, your favorite verse. Be strong and courageous. Do not be discouraged. Do not be terrified, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God's here. God's been speaking throughout this whole service. He's encouraged me through your worship leading this morning, Lord. Thank you. 
Perhaps as the worship team comes back, let me uh, pray and let's all come to him and determine in our hearts to do whatever God might be leading us to do. Thank you, Father, for these scriptures that stand like mountains around us in this journey of faith we're on in life. Thank you for being a speaking God, a God that pursues us, that never gives up on us. Help us, Father, not to give up on ourselves, not to give up on your church, not to give up on the people that perhaps we share this journey with. Lord, I trust through your Holy Spirit that you will apply this word that we've heard in preaching and in song today to our hearts where we need it. Collectively, we do pray for an even stronger faith, a more certain, brighter hope, and eyes to, to see the world, this community, each other, and ourselves like you see us. We pray that, trusting you with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. Your name is healing Your name 
Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family, I speak the mighty name, Jesus. Shout Jesus from the mountain, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family. that we can constantly count on, that none of those things will ever go away. It doesn't matter if this whole world shuts down, you still are here. Father, we thank you for the fellowship that we're about ready to have together. I pray that you'll bless that time. And Lord, I just pray that we will take all of this that has been poured into us today from Pastor Ben that we will take it out as we walk out these doors. It'll go into our homes, into our workplaces, into the stranger on the street or standing line at the grocery store. Lord, we thank you for your hope. And Father, we pray that you'll bless the rest of our time together today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. We are excited to be able to fellowship with you guys this morning. So we are going to do some team efforts. Let me just give you a little bit of directions, and then we'll be able to eat. So we're going to ask whoever can pull out the tables, the round tables that we have, and probably some long tables if there's any left in there. We'll surround them with chairs, and then we're going to line up over there, and we're going to 
dish out to you guys so you don't have to go through the line and get splattered by chili and all that good stuff. And then we're going to eat. And while we're, after we eat a little while, we're going to do a Q&A that has already been pre-prepared with Pastor Ben and Pastor Kelly, okay? So it'll be a good time. So we're going to go ahead and set up now, and we will start eating. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted, you were condemned. And I'm alive and well, your spirit is within me because you died and rose again. I'm forgiven. Because you were forsaken, I'm accepted. 